Happy Father's Day um, for all of you that are fathers and for all of you that have fathers, please uh, remember them and uh, let them know that you love them. Um, so in um, celebration of fatherhood, uh, we're going to continue a study of the book of Proverbs. Now here's what's the obvious part. The book of Proverbs is written by a father, Solomon, to his children about building a relationship with a heavenly father. So it makes very, it's very appropriate that on Father's Day that we are looking at this book of Proverbs. And so we are going to look at what it means to follow our father's words. And that's what Solomon's going to start this passage out with. Let's read together. Will you stand with me as we read God's word out of respect for the word of God? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, starting in 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh, refreshment to your bones, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of the product of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as the father, the son in whom he delights. Let's pray. Father, as we look at your word today, I just pray that you will give us eyes to see and ears to hear and that you will open up our hearts so that we will take in what it is that you're trying to tell us. Father, it's a honor to welcome you into our midst on Father's Day. And let us find ourselves to be as Solomon and charged his children, and that is to have a heart that's willing to listen and obey. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. I think we worked out the bugs, right? You guys can hear me okay? Perfect. <clears throat> so, as we looked at this passage, there's a familiar part in there that a lot of you may already know. And it's sort of tucked in between two things, between the charge of a father telling his sons to listen and obey. And if they do so, that there is a special reward for obeying. And then afterwards, that, that, that familiar passage, then after that, then we see that the author goes back to charging us to fear God, which we looked at last week. And then it goes on to talk about... Um, managing our wealth and how we handle money in our life. 
But what I want to focus in for today, the part that's going to sort of kick us off on our study, is verses 5 and 6. So let's look at those again. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. <clears throat> so... I keep telling Obed, I got to watch what I say when I say I will preach because God always makes me learn whatever he is wanting me to preach on. And so I'm, I, I started out working on this last week and was like making some good headway. And then I got sick and I'm like, oh, come on, I don't have time for this. And then this week, literally every day, at work, you know, from early in the morning to late in the evening. And then I was out of town for a couple days. And um, it just, I, I was like having to just go, okay, I got to trust God that on Sunday, he's going to use me to say something. <laughs> so we'll figure out if he does or he doesn't, okay? We're not taking a vote at the end. <clears throat> but trusting the Lord is fundamental to the Christian faith. We cannot have a relationship with God if we don't trust him. And that goes even for our earthly relationships, right? If, if we don't trust the people that we consider friends, that we consider family, it's hard to have a relationship with them. So for us to trust God, each of us have to decide how we're going to answer the following questions. Is God sovereign? Does God love us, wanting the very best for us? How you answer those questions will determine if you're able to trust God with your whole heart. So we're going to dive into this a little bit. First, we're going to look at, is God sovereign? What does that mean? So do you see God as being in charge? Is, is he the ruler of your life? And I think if we took a poll right now, for those of you that consider you Christians, you're going to go, yeah, absolutely. Got that one. Pass. And so now we're going to delve into this and see what it really means to trust God with our whole heart. Let's look at Lamentations 3, 37 through 38. Now I'm going to be jumping around to a lot of verses this morning, so they're going to be on the screen. So you can look on the screen. If you want to take notes and note down the references, you can read them later. If you are a speed looker-upper of scripture, then just enjoy the morning because we'll be all over the place. Um, so Lamentations 3, verse 37 reads, Whose command has ever fulfilled unless the Lord decreed it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that everything comes, both calamity and blessing? Even Jesus recognized God's sovereignty in John 19, 10, and 11 as standing before Pilate uh, when Pilate was seeing if he was, going, what, what, if he was going to condemn him to death. That um, verse 10 reads, So Pilate said to Jesus, You will not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? And Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all, unless it had been given to you from above. So from these verses, we can see everything that happens, both calamity and blessings come from the Lord. 
I know this seems to go against everything that we think about when we think about a good, good God. How could a good God bring calamity into my life? How can a good God bring difficulty into my life? I think we have all asked a question sometime within our life, why did God allow this, whatever that is, to happen? So rather than being offended over the Bible's assertion that God is sovereign over both good and bad, we should be comforted by whatever the calamity or adversity that we may be experiencing, that our Father has a loving purpose in it. God does not exercise his sovereignty carelessly or haphazardly, but only in such a way that his infinite love directs it. I'm going to be talking about some very difficult ideas because if you really want to put this into practice, this is going to be challenging. And if God does what he did to me this week and your life this next week, listen up and, and, and reread these verses because it's going to take everything in your being to trust in the Lord with all your heart. So from these verses, we see that everything that happens, both calamity and blessings, come from the Lord. God does not exercise again his sovereignty carelessly. So in Jeremiah, he writes in verse 32, but though he causes grief, that's God, though he causes grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men. I will interpret this a little bit. So what, what, what Jeremiah is saying here in Lamentation is God doesn't purposefully come hurting you. He's not, he's not coming just to hurt you. That's not the purpose of the pain that's in our life. That's not the purpose of the difficulties in our life. God is trying to create in you a man and a woman that he knows that you can be. And in order for that to happen, he's going to allow some things that we don't particularly care about to happen in our life. And we can do one of two things. It's the old fight or flight. And God's okay with us fighting with him. He'll, he'll, he'll take our punches. He'll take our, our, our concerns. Read Job. At the beginning, Job was very happy and he says, okay, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. By the end of Job, he's like, man, you don't even give me a chance here. He's like, you're just condemning me without, you know, any kind of proof. And so Job himself struggled with the difficulties that he went through because of the time that it took to go through all of that. So in Romans 11:33 God's sovereignty is also exercised with an abundance of wisdom. And it says, "Oh the depth and the riches of wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are the judgments and how inscrutable are his ways." See, Paul acknowledges what we must acknowledge. We must first 
We must, we are to trust the Lord. God's plans and his ways of working things out are not, are exceedingly beyond our ability to understand. We must learn to trust when we do not understand, and we must learn to trust when his timing is different from that what we comprehend as an immediate need. So I got to thinking, how can I share an example of this? Um, So we had a family rule when my kids were growing up around video games, and um, it was the one-hour rule. You know, one hour and then off the video. And um, so one hour would happen, and we go, okay, video off, and it would always happen. I just started playing. It hasn't been an hour. There's no way it's been an hour. I haven't even gotten past the next level. And da 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 and, and it was just unbelievable that they didn't know that an hour had passed, that it, the time had flown. Now, all of you that like video games, you know how this can happen, right? It's like, I'm only playing for an hour, and then it's lunch. Okay, I'm just going to play for 30 more minutes, and then it's dinner. And that happens. And so it's exactly what's happening, what Paul's describing here in Romans. It's like that time flies by and we're like, oh, I'm needing an immediate answer right now. If I could have it by three o'clock, God, that would be perfect. And then God's timing is like, oh, I'm going to make it 4.30 and see if Wayne will stick around. God's timing And what he's doing in my life is not easy to always see. One of my favorite contemporary Christian songs is Waymaker. It's by Leland. And the chorus goes like this. Even when I don't see that you're working, and even when I don't feel that you're working, you never stop. You never stop working. I have to remind myself of this all the time. Because I don't see him always working. I don't feel him always working the way that I think that he should be working out in my life. Otherwise, I would get some indications that, oh, okay, he's on it. So when I say that we need to trust the Lord with our whole heart, what I'm talking about is even when his timing's different than our timing. Even when we can't see what he's doing, we need to trust him. The purpose of recognizing God's sovereignty is not to become knowledgeable about that truth but that we become convinced that God has authority over both good and bad and that we apply it to our everyday circumstances. So it's just, it's taking it from here and it's putting it here that I believe no matter what circumstances I'm going through today, and some of you, I know in this room, a group this big, there's gonna be some people that are having a miserable time, but your face is pulling it off, you look okay. But inside, there's turmoil going on. And you are having a difficult time recognizing God's authority of during this circumstance that you're going through right now. John MacArthur, uh, an author and a pastor, he said this about God's sovereignty. I just thought it was so spot on. No one acts apart from the sovereign plan of God. Every choice, every act, every decision made by every human in the world, including the most evil, hideous behavior against the truth and against the Lord, God overrules and fits into his plan for his own ends and his own glory. 
There is not one rebellious molecule. That's me, by the way. I added a few molecules to the world of rebellion. There is not one uh, rebellious molecule in the universe that operates independently of his purpose. I just think that is an amazing statement. That not one thing that happens in this world, and there, if we look back at history, there is some, some horrible things, some, some things that would move us all to tears. And to think that God can work that into a perfect plan is amazing. This is why we had to look at this question. Is God sovereign when it comes to, can I trust in the Lord with my whole heart? Can I really trust God with the circumstances that I'm in right now? I do not want to come off glib. I don't want to suggest that it's an easy answer to life's difficult problems. There are no easy answers to adversity. Adversity is difficult even when we know that God's in control of the circumstances. This often makes it even harder knowing that God's in control. If God's in control, why did he allow this to happen? We may not fully understand right away. Okay, even more difficult to hear is while on earth, we may never understand why we have to go through these adversities. And we may never get relief while here on earth. That is really sad. Because Paul said in 2 Corinthians, maybe some of you are aware of this passage, he shares that he asked the Lord three times to remove an adversity out of his life. And instead, here's how God answers him. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. So Paul goes on to say, he will boast in his weakness so that the power of Christ will rest upon him. What I'm trying to share with us today is that God is in control of all aspects of our life and that he has a purpose for each of you and he loves each of you. Which brings us to the second question. First one was, is God sovereign? The second one is, does God love us wanting the very best for us? Romans 8, 35 through 39, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for, our, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, Paul goes on to say, no, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, angels or rulers or things present or things to come or powers or heights or depths or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When we are in the midst of challenges and when faced with one difficulty after another, I know I am, but I think we're all tempted to doubt God's love. 
Not only do we struggle with our own doubt, but Satan then takes the time to seize this occasion to whisper accusations against God in our ear. If he loved you, he wouldn't have allowed this to happen. In fact, I believe Satan attacks us more around God's love than he does around God's sovereignty. He tries to make us feel that God really doesn't love us, that we're not worth his love. Hardship has a way of making people run from God. There's a lot of people that were in church and maybe have left church or were in a Christian family and left that Christian family, did love God. Now they're not really sure that there's a God worth loving because of pain is so uncomfortable and awkward. And it reminds us that we're powerless in those moments. Then David wrote in Psalms 34, 18, and I need us to hear this. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. In our heartaches, God draws near. It is what he chooses to do. God is working good in whatever we are facing. But even though he's aware of that, that he's working things out for good, he doesn't minimize or devalue our pain. Instead, he comes close. He stands with us in the midst of it. Drawing near is an act of love. You know, they say that when you are trying to help someone through a trauma and you go, I don't know what to say, they go, good, just be there. Just be there. And that's what God is trying to tell us this morning. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm there. I'm right there with you. Even when I don't see that you're working, even when I don't feel that you're working, he never stops. Drawing near to us and comforting us offers his closeness. And it comes from his heart that he truly understands what we're going through more completely than we even understand our own heartache. I think that that is amazing because we think that he's unaware and yet he's completely aware of the pain that we're going through. He just knows that if we can get through it and he will help us do it, that on the other side, we will be made stronger. Can we get to where Paul was? In my weakness, I am made strong. With God's power, with his help, I can be strong again. <clears throat> The Christians, I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says, Christians do not think God will love us because we are good, but that God will make us good because he loves us. He goes on to say, just as the roof of a sun house does not attract the sun because it's bright, but becomes bright because, this is not a spelling error, this is exactly a quote from him, because the S-O-N, the sunshine, the sun shines on it. When we are close to God and when we are trusting in him with our whole heart, God can shine through us. 
Moses came down from the mountain and people like had to put on their sunglasses. They, they couldn't stand the glow coming off of him. Wouldn't it be amazing if people knew the troubles that we were actually going through and they saw a brightness in us? How can that be? It brings us back to this whole passage of Proverbs 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In those moments when we feel most alone, these are the moments we need to remind ourselves of the fact that God is near. He is with us. He will make good on what he sees is bad because he loves us and he has plans for us. He's going to take those things that we do not enjoy, that we do not appreciate, and he's going to bring good about from them. Jerry Bridges, he wrote a book about trusting God. I recommend you read it. He says this, and I thought this was just perfect. God is completely sovereign. God is infinite in his wisdom. God is perfect in love. Therefore, listen to this. God in his love always wills what is best for us. God in his wisdom always knows what is best. And in his sovereignty, he has the power to bring it about. That is amazing that he can bring about something so powerful in our lives out of the ugliness that we see. I just love the fact that God does that through his sovereignty. So for us to trust the Lord with our whole heart, we now understand that God is completely in charge of every moment of our lives. In each of those moments, he is right there and is shining his love on us and working out when we are at our worst situations. His purpose of making us more like him. <clears throat> Let's look again at this passage from today, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will straight your paths. Okay, so what is interesting about these verses is that a father that has penned this, Solomon, later in his life, in his own, he leans on his own understanding. In 1 Kings 11, he it, it explains that Solomon, he, he loved women. For those of you who don't, don't know, he had only 700 wives. Don't ask me how, okay? Um, but he loved all of these women, and he loved women from so many different nations, nations that God said, please do not intermarry with these nations because they don't recognize me as God. They don't see me as Lord. And instead, Solomon gets so in love with all of these women that he starts thinking there's more than one God. There's more than one faith. There's a lot of people in the world that feel that way today. And in 1 Kings eleven six, it says, so Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David, his father had done. See, Solomon became one of those fathers that said, do what I say not what I do. What we don't want to do is become a Christian like that. When we're going through difficulties, we don't want to be the kind of Christian that says, oh, do what I say. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but don't do what I do. 
which is leaning on my own understanding and not really trusting God 100%. So that's just a note to us fathers. Um, you know, let's, let's not be the kind of father that spouts off wisdom, but lives out wisdom. How do we keep from learning? How do we keep from learning on our own, leaning on our own understanding? I want to share a prayer that I found, and I will have it posted on GroupMe because some of you, I'm sure, will want to have it for your own personal quiet time. I was hoping to get this all on one slide, but for you to see it, it's going to be on four slides, okay? But uh, we'll get through this together. <clears throat> this, um, uh, Rene Rudicki wrote this prayer, and I just thought it was so perfect that I didn't try to, like, pull it off myself. I just said, okay, I'm just going to share it. I'll just read it to you. So here's how the prayer goes. Yeah, I'm looking for it on my notes here. There it is. I had to turn the page. Lord, help me trust you. I confess that I don't always believe that I can. I think that I know better than you on how my life should go. It feels like you make mistakes. It's too easy to doubt that you have my best in mind. Sometimes I even feel like you've abandoned me. Despite these doubts, help me to see the situation that I face in light of the truth that you can be trusted. That what I have been feeling is untrue. Remind me that I can count on you in a, <clears throat> all the time and in every way. Lord, forgive me for leaning on my own understanding. I hold on so hard to the comfortable feeling of control. My grip on my plans, my work, my family are far too tight. Forgive me for keeping my eyes on myself. You see the wider picture, the connectedness of events, and the purpose in all aspects of my life. Lord, show me how to lean on you. Help me release my grip and defer to you. Teach me to pause and to pray. Though I feel fully defeated in this situation, I am going to lean into you. I am going to stop trying to understand and start trying to follow you. I want to lean toward you rather than away from you. You'll make the path before me clear. I can count on you because... You are dependable. That I need, what I need is for you to help me not to miss it. Help me to see what you have, what, where you'd have me go. Let me hear your voice so that I can handle this as you want me to. Show me the next step because I can't see it. Amen. So I want to close today our service a little differently than what we've done in the past. I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come forward. They're going to get set up and they're going to play a little music. <clears throat> and while they're doing that, I want us to take a few minutes and to reflect on where maybe you need to trust the Lord a little bit more. Where you are still trying to control the situation on your own and where you need to let go. It might be with money. 
That's where this passage goes on to talk about money. And we're going to look at that a little bit more in our study of Proverbs. It may be around relationship. It may be something parenting about your plans or dreams for the future. Here's what I want you to do. If you have pen and paper, get it out. If you don't have a pen and paper, get out your phone. Take some notes on your phone. And what I want us to do is write this down. Lord, I need to trust you more with, and then write it out. What, are, what do you need to trust the Lord more in? Be honest with yourself. Be really honest. What do you need to trust God with? Don't think about what the person next to you needs to trust God with. Make this personal about you. It's one-on-one time between you and the Lord. This time of journaling is actually an act of worship. God wants to speak to you. So use it as a journaling time, a reflection, and a time of prayer. And then our worship team will close us out with music in a few minutes.